what was our worst enemy on leg one became our best friend. And uh, that'll become clear as perhaps we go through the podcast. But I'm sheltering out of the wind, uh, huddled behind a rock. Uh, we're in a rocky wadi. We've been travelling southwest, which is the general direction from Riyadh to Jeddah. We're really following the old pilgrim trail that the uh, people going to Mecca to for the, perform the Hajj would have taken overland many, many years ago, which was the route that Philby followed in 1917. But it's uh, just uh, after six o'clock, the... Uh, stars are up um venus is very clear in the sky in 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 in, in uh, the western sky there i can see um today has been a, another extraordinary day uh we uh, you can probably hear me snuffling and coughing and that's because i've got sand absolutely everywhere and i mean absolutely everywhere we've had Heavy rain showers, we've had heavy sandstorms, strong winds uh, throwing everything at us. And uh, anyway, we're all okay. Um, and really, uh, the sun, which was our worst enemy on leg one, because on leg one, we started at sea level. It was November, winter hadn't really set in yet. We, we really moved very early in the morning to avoid the sun. It was our enemy and trees and shade were our friends. Now, really, we were so grateful when it did fleetingly come out today. The warmth really did warm us up and at one point, I looked across at Reem as we were struggling up and over some dunes and she she really looked as if um, she was on an expedition to the North Pole uh, and I'm sure I looked exactly the same. We had all of our clothes on and still probably wanted a few more. But um, heavy rain this morning, uh, thick cloud. Uh, we managed just to get everything, all most of the equipment down before things got too wet. Um, and we started, started walking. Um, you know, Philby experienced exactly the same, um, the, exactly the same challenges, ironically, in exactly the same place. Um, and and to read a quote from his book, The Heart of Arabia, he says, We continued over a featureless course while the rain came down at first in a gentle drizzle and then in a steady stream. On we padded, becoming more and more miserable with every step we took until soaked through and through, we reached the western edge of the Nafud, which is a small sand um, desert, soon after 11am in the morning and decided to camp. We chose a shallow depression in the sands. The camels were let out to graze, firewood was collected and the tents pitched, and we proceeded to dry ourselves as best we could, and for the rest of the day I sought comfort uh, in the tent. The snug shelter of my tent whilst outside the rain pattered on gently with but a few breaks. It was the coldest day I had experienced in all of my sojourn in Arabia. And whether it was owing to the cold or to the rough food, I felt far from well and turned in early to sleep after the sorriest pretense at dining and a strong dose of brandy. I had decided before leaving Riyadh to share the lot of my companions in every respect and had in consequence left behind everything but a bottle of brandy. A bottle of Rose's Lime Juice, so... The marketing team at Rose's Lime Juice, which I think you can still buy at Tesco's today. It's a brand that's still going strong. Obviously, it was in the diplomatic bag that Philby bought down from Baghdad and carried with him. And a bottle of quinine tabloids, in addition, of course, to tobacco. All except the last to be used, only in the last resort as medicine. <laughs> when I reached the coast, the bottle of lime juice was unopened. The bottle of brandy short of only one dose. The quinine practically untouched and only the tobacco seriously depleted, and that not wholly by myself. 
So Philby um, experienced the same weather conditions that we're experiencing now, um, or we were experiencing, because as I look up from under the shoulder of my rock now, I can see all the stars coming out and just one or two wispy clouds high in the sky. Um, so hopefully tomorrow will be better. Uh, it is much cooler now in January, so our enemy won't be quite such an enemy tomorrow, although obviously lots of sun cream, sun hat, and all that kind of stuff as we plod on. But um, Philby made reference to a ridge, uh, a, a black basaltic ridge, nothing very significant in the landscape, but even the small things he noticed. And uh, when we reached that particular ridge, we were able just to deviate off the track slightly to a really well-known landform. I'm, I'm very surprised that Philby, Philby's guide didn't take him to it, uh, and, and I suspect the reason for that was that they were just in such a rush to get to to get to Jeddah and they were always very aware of the fact that they were traveling through um, tribal areas where things might not be um, so safe but a couple of kilometers off the track we came to an extraordinary um, sandstone outcrop uh, upon which um, are carved the most um, intricate of um, drawings uh, rock art which really tells the tale of the landscape of Arabia um, depending on which authority you listen to between three and eight thousand years ago when these um these drawings were scratched onto the rock and uh, i really need to study the photographs that i took today a little bit more closely to see just how diff how many different animals i can see but clearly scratched onto the rock are lots of ibex uh, with curved horns lots of deer horses um hunters men uh, women with bows and arrows, um, either a wolf or a fox, and and lots of uh, lots of ostrich. Clearly, ostrich. Uh, we know from um, evidence under our feet that ostrich used to live in Arabia. They've been sadly hunted to extinction now. I think the last ostrich is re was reputedly seen um, in Arabia in the 1930s. So they've been gone for about 90 years. But certainly, as we travelled through uh, an area of sand dunes uh, later on. Today we were able to find uh, broken ostrich eggs, which will be well over a hundred years old, possibly more, and, and they're they're quite a common find in the desert here in Saudi Arabia. So this uh, this this rock it's it's known as Graffiti Rock One because there are several of them, uh, several such sites positioned along this 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 escarpment was quite fantastic to see. So we spent probably best part of uh, 45 minutes there before pushing on to. An area of sand dunes uh, that we knew um, other travellers there in the past who visited from the capital city Riyadh tell us that it is possible sometimes to find flint arrowheads lying on the sand in what are considered to be old lake beds. And this is one of the science projects that we're doing on Heart of Arabia. Uh, there is a project that um, I think initially was set up between Oxford University and the Saudi Arabian Geological Society. I think Prince Charles was the patron of this uh, project and it was overseen by a fantastic um, um, scientist called Michael Petrelli and Michael uh, at the time was in Oxford when I first met him many years ago. He then moved to the Max Planck Institute in Germany and now he's operating out of a university in Australia and Michael really is the global expert on um, on this project called Green Arabia and and 
the idea being that tens of thousands of years ago what is today uh, an enormous um, arid um, peninsula was as green as the plains of Mongolia. The, the global climate was different. Um, the monsoon reached much further inland. The riverbeds, and we're, we're camped in a riverbed tonight, uh, not a cloud in the sky, so we don't have to worry about flash floods. But, um, you know, the, what, the dry riverbeds, we call them wadis here in, uh, in Arabia, were once um, flowing um, streams for much of the year. But, uh, you know, that's a very rare occurrence. These days, apart from the last few weeks when it has rained very heavily, but, you know, around those water holes and those river channels, um, you would have had reeds and, and green sedge and grass, relative luxuriance, and you would have had animals, therefore, um, and people would have hunted. And uh, you just need a bit of flint in the local area geologically, and, and your flint nappers can make the most extraordinary arrowheads. And, um, you know, like any like any kind of research project, um, Michael and his team never have enough money eyes on the ground um, so that but they, they tend to focus on certain sites around Saudi Arabia looking for evidence that this peninsula was once home to much larger numbers of people um, than you know than it than it was uh, a couple of hundred years ago for example before population grew very quickly uh, and the evidence is is under your feet it's the there in the form of arrowheads uh, scrapers to s peel and skin the hide off an animal once you've shot it with your arrow uh, bigger than arrowhead arrowhead you'll find uh, spearheads uh, we're not to touch them because they are national artifacts but what we do is to photograph them put a little ruler by the side get a photograph photograph the landscape as well so mike and his team can try and interpret what what the activity might have been, where the settlement might have been, uh, and if it's of any use to them to visit, to, just to try and join all the dots of this incredible story uh, of of Arabia. So uh, sadly, we, despite looking, we were walking around like a policeman with our hands clasped firmly behind our back for a couple of hours, um, because in between the dunes you find flat areas of gravel that might have been old lake beds. Uh, and, and we know arrowheads have been found there before, but sadly today we weren't lucky. We did find uh, broken ostrich um, shells, which tells us a little bit anyway that uh, that you know there was life here. Philby in his book refers to herds and herds of gazelle. We certainly haven't seen any of those, sadly. But uh, we were serenaded tonight as the sun went down by a, a little wheat ear sitting on the rock here. So it's been a lovely end to the day. The wind is dropping, thankfully. Uh, but the bad news is it's swinging round to the north, so temperatures are going to drop quite significantly. So last night, 12.9 degrees, uh, quite comfortable in our sleeping bags. Tonight, a little bit colder, and then for the next three or four nights, it's going to be down to uh, single digits. So we'll be uh, wrapping up warm when we get into our sleeping bags and hoping that our uh, night's sleep is not as miserable as Philby's was here in 1917.